0: I'm very pleased to be here today with Mr Hakan Balgaloo from Arcelik, a major Turkish manufacturer and known perhaps better in the UK for products ranges such as Grundig and Biko. Hakan, uh, I mean you're here obviously as a a Turkish industrialist, but do you see Turkey as having a, a considerable interest in the COP26? Um, Yes, absolutely. Uh, Turkey did stand on the sidelines for
1: a long time. They hadn't ratified the Paris Accord, but actually they put it through Parliament uh, right before COP. And also they made a commitment to net zero for 2053, which I think is very significant. And now what has to happen is the NDCs has to match that. They have to basically lay out uh, the timelines and program and infrastructure investments to get there. So um, I think Turkey has become much more proactive. And uh, this is kind of, a, you have to think of it as kind of something they have to do, because uh, Europe is our main market, and Europe with the Green Deal has made it very clear that they will differentiate between uh, goods and services from coming from origins, which are not actually in line with the uh, fighting climate change. So I think you will see uh, trade partners of the EU uh, very quickly uh, aligning themselves with uh, policy, and Turkey is definitely one of those.
0: Thank you. And presumably this is something that Archilik is uh, trying to do as well. I mean, are you delivering on this climate change changes in your products for Europe? Uh,
1: absolutely. Uh, Europe is 45% of our business. Turkey is 25% of our business. So if you think of it along those lines, uh, we are very much not only in line, but we lead the charge and energy efficiency. So um, we have, uh, as I spoke on the panel, uh, been basically as a company, Uh, taking sustainability as a business model more than something that you have to do. So we decided a long time ago we were going to differentiate with our global competitors and really make the core of our existence uh, around sustainability, which means we have the most energy efficient products, Uh, we use the least amount of energy where we can in our production uh, processes, also materials, And, uh, and we don't do this just in Europe where regulation requires it, we do this everywhere. And uh, more than 50% of our sales today comes from highly energy-efficient appliances, uh, and we're rapidly increasing this. Uh, By 2030, uh, we're looking to halve our Scope 3 emissions, which is from our appliances. So, you can say that um, uh, we've taken a leadership position, and this is not just us saying it. Uh, We lead the Dow Jones Sustainability Index for the past two years in a row and we have become carbon neutral, which is a big achievement without buying carbon credits. You have to distinguish between companies who say they're carbon neutral by buying credits and companies which actually reduce their emissions by creating carbon credits themselves in their own processes. So um, I think change is happening in the industry as well. And uh, I'm I'm just uh, proud to be part of the leadership team that uh, is leading it.
0: When you say you're being more efficient in in your production purposes, are, are you looking at products such as green steel
1: uh, we are, uh, but you know, that kind of transition has to happen slowly. So we use, uh, we use steel from many different sources. Uh, for us to simply switch to a European manufacturer, which has been subsidized uh, to go to greener sources, um, uh, and still uh, is significantly uh, more expensive, is very difficult. So what has to happen, I think the steel industry needs to be incentivized everywhere to go clean. And Europe's done this. I think this other markets will follow. Uh, This was one of the big issues with Turkey, I think, also. But uh, we will see in the roadmap to Net Zero how they transform the steel uh, industry. But um, so, to answer your your question shortly, we use green steel and we use uh, other steel. And to transition out of that, uh, we will have to actually uh, transition uh, and transform the steel industry itself first. Because there simply isn't enough green steel in the world if you wanted to only use green steel.
0: No, you're right. Green steel is uh, kind of the next stage of the steel sector. Um, Hakan, the, one, of the, one of the criticisms sometimes in the UK, and it's, it's across industry general in terms of products, is uh, end of life. I mean, there's a move now that products should have longer life and they should be designed for repair and for reuse. I mean, would, you, would it be something that you adopt as a manufacturer in the sense of the long, long-term life of the product? Uh, I, I mean, I'm all for it, by
1: the way. I hate products which you can't repair. I mean, I, 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 as someone who really dislikes waste, I find it unacceptable. In appliances, it's a little bit different. In appliances, because the technology has improved so much in terms of efficiency, I think the benefit of end of lifeing a product and replacing it with a much more efficient one, in terms of climate and the planet, is a much better solution. So um, uh, I do believe in repairability. I do believe in modularity and life of product, but I also think in highly uh, uh, in energy consuming product groups, I think we should be ready to replace it with newer ones which consume far less energy. Then the question becomes, of course, what do you do with the old product?
0: Yes, exactly. That leads us on neatly to what do we do with the old product? Is uh, Bico and Grundig and Archilik at, at the top, are you involved in the we recycling system sort of in Europe and in the UK?
1: Uh, We are. I mean, by regulation we have to be in all the markets we operate. But I think the the biggest difference is... um, uh, Well, we have some protesters inside today. Yeah, but that's okay. I mean, this is the color of COP, right? Everybody has a voice. Um, But in markets where we can't find recycling facilities to recycle them, we are building our own. In Turkey, I gave the example earlier, Uh, on the panel. Essentially we've had to build our own recycling plant, a giant plant where we've recycled more than 1.5 million appliances because we simply couldn't find anybody else to do it. Ideally we'd like to find other people to do it but where we can't we build our own plants. So what we're trying to do is replace old appliances with new ones so reduce the consumption of scope 3 energy and scope 3 emissions which is which is part of our target to get to net zero and we've committed to 2030, a net 50% reduction in scope 3 emissions, which is the emissions caused by appliances when they're used by the customer. So if I can get an old fridge out of your home and put a new fridge in there that consumes 60% less power, then I'm actually doing a much, much better favor to the planet than I am by trying to use the old one another 10 years. But we take the old one and we recycle it and we put that material back into the market as well.
0: I think the sector in the UK will find that very interesting because, principally, the message is that if products are more efficient, there's, it may not make sense to hang on to them forever. So a product could have an end of life, but presumably you're saying keep it going for as long as is reasonable in that end of life. Um, finally, could I just ask you how you see COP26 generally? Are, are you optimistic? You've, you're wearing a badge with ambition of 1.5 degrees centigrade. Maybe it'll be 2 degrees, maybe it'll be 2.5. But uh, you know, what, what's your overall take on COP so far? Um,
1: uh, more than I expected. Uh, the agreement on methane is very significant. It, uh, As you know, methane traps heat more than 80 times more than carbon dioxide. And uh, the commitment to reduce it by 30% is now signed. It was 80 yesterday, now it's 105 countries. That's very, very significant. Also, um, there has been other commitments uh, from governments regarding uh, transitioning away from coal and we heard from the head of the international energy agency a good friend Fatih Birol that uh, when he crunches all the numbers uh, and they do that really well at the international energy agency he said that we're looking at a 1.8 degree warming world at the moment now that's that's down from 2.1 last week so is that a success I think it's a huge success but is it enough no you know and for that to happen action has to start today and much deeper commitments need to be made
0: well, thank you very much, Mr. Belgarou, and a uh, really pleasure to meet you here today. And hope you have a good rest of COP 26. Thank you. Thank you. Sir.